Welcome to Ship SaaS Faster with Vulcan and myself, Simon, where we talk shop about SaaS. How are you doing this week? Not too bad. How about yourself? Uh, other than the weather, pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's just crazy. It's 40 degrees in UK, just unheard of. But I think most people have seen it on Twitter, so probably we can, we can skip on to the weekly updates. Yeah, we the British have moaned about it a lot, so <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows about it. Everyone from Florida saying, oh, that's nothing, or from Texas and then. Yeah, the one point I heard about that was in America, like, you don't go outside. <laughs> that's the thing. People go from their aircon houses to their aircon cars to their aircon shopping malls. I think that was Brendan Dunn, right? He was talking about that. He, yeah. Because he's moved to the UK. Exactly. So he's experienced it. And he said he hasn't experienced anything like it. And it makes sense. Like when I've been in like a, like foreign countries, everywhere's aircon nicely. And you're literally, the buses are nice. Like you go, you're going from, like even while traveling, you're going from your like hostel or hotel to a bus, which is aircon, and then straight into like other places, which are aircon. I picked up my daughter from school at three o'clock yesterday. And uh, like, it was windy as well. And I was like, oh, that'd be, that'd be at least to be all right. But no, the wind was like fire. <laughs> yeah. And I guess in some places it was on fire. Yeah, them videos were crazy all over London, uh, just everywhere on fire. Well, I think we, we best move on to the updates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all the people who don't care. So this week has been sort of a mix of things. I guess the most interesting thing is I've hired an editor to work through the content on Snapshooter. So... On Snapshooter, we have documentation, as always. We have like a blog. But we also have like this learning center, which I called it, where there's loads of tutorials about how to do stuff with Linux, like how to pipe stuff from one place to another, how to back up certain things, etc. And uh, I've hired an editor to basically take over managing these things because for a while I've realised that they have they haven't been updated, they haven't been like brought in line with. Google updates and the performance has been lagging. So I'm guessing it's a technical editor, right? Yes, she is quite technical. Okay. I have someone who I freelance with who's really technical, but he's not the best writer, but he's really quite technical. So I think we're a combination of someone who really knows their way around Linux with someone who knows their way around Linux, but is a good editor, plus also knows all the SEO stuff to keep up to date. It should be a good combination. Awesome. Hopefully. <laughs> so, has there been any loans that come out of it? Uh, with At the moment, she gave a few insights of what's going on and is currently writing a full report about the website um, to see. So I was thinking, oh, it's going to come back terrible. But in, actually, if it comes back terrible, that's probably a good thing because <laughs> it means there's loads of like loads of stuff left on the table. So yeah. the worse, the better, hey? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think yeah, you were struggling with that, right? Where, uh you're trying to figure out what more you can do, but yeah, if it does come back bad, then it's like, okay, now I can just improve all these points. Yeah. Well, you always hear about people talking about updating posts, making sure they're still relevant, making sure they're like up to date with keywords that people are now searching for and stuff. And like, it's just way too much work <laughs> to have to keep updating it. Cause we've got like, I think the static website generator generates something like 500 pages on Snapshooter. So not all of them are in that realm, but, um, it's quite a lot of stuff to have to keep up to date. Yeah, I think if your article start ranking well, then you can better to see that and then they try to rank for it as well. So it's just constant competition. This is kind of what's happened. We wrote a really good article. It was doing really well. And then it's been smashed by a competitor. Irritating because the code examples in theirs are um, <laughs> very similar to the ones in ours. <laughs> Needless to say. Anyway, cool. So that was my big news this week. Um, 
What about you? What have you been up to? Yes, I think I may have mentioned it last week on the podcast. Um, I was talking about creating a way for to basically... So Webflow have a way where you can copy and paste elements from inside their platform, but people kind of hacked it where they could like copy it and then it would copy to the clipboard. And then from the clipboard, you could like paste that and it would create a JSON object. And then basically you could like copy anything from Webflow, save it in a JSON file and then reuse it later on. So I saw some guy on Twitter doing that with uh, the other way. So he was basically turning Tailwind like HTML into Webflow JSON objects and pasting that in. But it didn't really work. But I thought Webflow to Tailwind would work better because it's like Tailwind has all the utility classes, right? So you just get all the utility classes out of it. But what I noticed was that a lot of the code or yeah, a lot of the code that people were creating in Webflow was kind of messy. Like they just kind of hacked it together. So people were using like grid, like uh, CSS grids for basic footers and stuff. So it was coming out a mess and the code was just a mess. And then there was literally tons of these examples. I just couldn't, it's really difficult to, <laughs> it's like, there was no point giving people messy code. I felt. Oh, right. It reminds me of the old days of slicing a Photoshop file up into a web page, and it's just like atrocious. Yeah, just images, right? So you just yeah slice it up and put images. It won't be responsive. It'd be like yeah, all kinds of <laughs> terrible stuff coming in. But that's literally what people are doing on Webflow. Like they don't really know CSS, and Webflow is like kind of like a it's called like a UI on top of CSS, and it doesn't have any best practices in. So they have these like some elements like called container, but it just it's really old. I think I think they added it when they first added it to the platform. So maybe like eight, nine years ago, and it's just unusable. And people, everyone recommends not using it, but it's still in the platform. So people will use that, and then it just it just doesn't work properly. And then there's other, there's just tons of these little things. So I just had to, I spent what, probably five, six days working on this, and then I've kind of scrapped it, but there is a use case for it. There's a, yeah, I'll probably share more about that another time, but I may not have wasted all my time on it. So out of curiosity, where does Vasoli sit on that, like, inexperienced user comes in, doesn't have no to limited CSS experience? Like, how do they get on with building a website if they're comparing you to Webflow? Was that not the right question? That is the right question. Like when I, when I first started, it was more like pure, I just gave all the flexibility so they just get in there mm-hmm. and there was like a few options in the UI, but most of the time it was just like full stack developers who knew HTML but couldn't design so they just edit a HTML kind of thing and use the UI to change some words and text. But as it's got, as the platform's progressed, now it's like anyone can use it so it's got like a no-code mode, a designer mode and a developer mode. Designer mode is probably the least least viable one, but that's it. it's getting there now where designers can come in and use it. But yeah, for developers it's great. For no coders it's great. And for no coders, I basically had to re like yeah create these modes where I just removed a ton of options. Like I don't know, it's the same for developers, right? Like you put something in there and then uh, or any SaaS, and then people just click random buttons and just do random stuff. I've had people delete projects and say, oh, I've deleted my projects. Can you restore it, please? I'm like, how did you delete your project? Like it says, this will delete your project. Type in here and they delete it. And then I'm like, okay, so now I've got to go in there and restore their backups and stuff. <laughs> Basically, yeah. You've just reminded me actually of something that happened this week. Someone contacted me a few days ago saying, can you help us restore a backup? And uh, they've deleted the backups. So yeah, <laughs> it's like really awkward. And like, how do you help people? And it's just like, well, you set your backup rules to act this way. Like you set it to delete backups after a certain number of days in line with your own policy and your price like sensitivity. And now it's six months later and you want to restore a backup that you scheduled to have deleted like four months ago. And I thought, yeah. And unfortunately like we can't restore it because we don't have the data. Yeah. So uh, that was makes for some like awkward conversation with people. Yeah. And like bad because they, they tell, they like, Oh, I don't know. Almost beg. 
And it's like, I, I, like, or they actually offered a, like a huge reward if we could help them. And it's like, I don't even, I would, I don't want the reward. If we can help you, we'd help you. Cause like, like if we had the data, we'd just give it to you, but, um, we don't. So sorry. Yeah. It's, it is tough. Like, uh, there's, there's sometimes, yeah, like people have done some stuff on the platform, which is like a bit weird. And then they've wanted to back up and it's, a, wanted to recover stuff. And it's like just been out of time, but luckily people never lose too much work depending on what they're doing. Apparently these people lost about two years worth of work. So <laughs> yeah. <How's> that? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Did they just, did they not have multiple backups and stuff? Like, no, they turned them off because they thought they shifted to something else and didn't need them. Oh. But then they did need them. So it's like, they saved themselves a few pennies in the short, short term, but in the long term. Oh. Well, well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're still like trying to work it out, but um, yeah, it's like a bit of an awkward situation because I can't really do yeah, there's nothing you can do if, if a backup sign exists. There's nothing you can do, but yeah, it is awkward. No, it isn't. No, obviously, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be mean about it, but I also don't want to be like really nice and make it seem like, like I don't want any shadow of a doubt when I message them, like saying, no, it's not recoverable. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, that was the dep- <laughs> that was the sad part about this week. So I guess actually, I forgot to say we actually launched. Did I say last week we launched the new website, or was that? I'm not. I think you said it. It's ready, but you didn't launch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So actually, yeah. I guess that's actually the big update. I actually launched the new website. Yeah, we're, I forgot we're lagging. Have you, yeah, have you seen any uh, like effects on your traffic or uh, conversions or anything? Not yet, no. So I'm interested to see what Google does with um, traffic and re-indexing and stuff because it it's probably going to be a, a rough old ride because stuff has changed a bit. When I started building the new website, I changed the rules in our analytics tool to make sure it wasn't picking up the staging site for traffic because I didn't want to like muddy the water with me, like yeah. refreshing the page a thousand times a day. So I added some rules about which domains could send events, but I forgot to add the app.snapshooter.com, which is actually where the registration happens on the subdomain. So I haven't had any event data <laughs> for quite a while uh, around conversions because that's what I was using to sort of monitor on that side, how many signups there were. So there's a few like event things that are missing. <laughs> so for like an apples to apples comparison, I've had to go back a little bit. So it'd be interesting to see maybe in a, um, in a month's time where we stand. I'm curious to see if any Google ranks change. Cause that's like the thing that was most interesting. Cause we went from like a light, a light speed score. Is it, oh, I can never remember. Is it page speed, lighthouse, whatever it is. It was around like 60 and now it's 99, a hundred, depending on like, what Google feels like on the day. So I'm curious to see how, if even that like improves things or not. Yeah. I have seen page speed, like improve performance on some stuff, especially like slow WordPress sites. Like I've seen tra- like traffic double, but it's not really doubled. Like uh, Google analytics wasn't being picked up. Like the, the WordPress site took so long to load. Google analytics wouldn't load on the site. <laughs> so they were, they were, people were loading the site and clicking off and stuff. And then, yeah, that's what we figured out. And when they were, when they were using like a, a faster site, then Google would actually pick up what's actually happening. So they were just, people were clicking and just clicking off before a page even load. Oh, okay. So I think the page speeds have come down from like maybe a hundred milliseconds down to like 30 to 40, like whatever AWS CloudFront distribution is. Yeah. It's more, it's more the seconds, right? So a good desktop one's normally about 0.4 seconds it takes. Oh yeah. We're like well within that. So yeah. Yeah everything from the images are now hosted in like 
on a CDN that optimizes for like delivery. Is it web.p format? Which I don't really know much about, but like all the images come back like that. Progressive web images or something, is it? And other stuff like that. So, and most of the images actually got changed to SVGs, which I think are way more efficient for. Yeah, they can be a lot smaller, but some people do go crazy and they can actually be massive. But yeah, most of the time they're a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think our illustrations are that complicated. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was the update. <laughs> that should have done a minute ago. <laughs> that should have been a big one, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, the editor's more exciting, really. That's like the, the everything's actually coming together. That, yeah, they they can actually start improving stuff. But yeah, this week as well, I did a added a TypeSense integration. So um, if you haven't heard of TypeSense, it's basically like an Elasticsearch alternative, but it's like a lot faster, a lot cheaper. It makes sense for my certain use case. So if you like, for certainly allows you to have knowledge bases and allows you to search that knowledge base, well, allows your customers to search that knowledge base. So I also added that inside of Vasoli Editor. So now you could say hook up your TypeSense integration into Vasoli, like inside the actual editor and then use the data that comes from that type sense to create like custom pages kind of thing. Yeah, that should be interesting. It doesn't have many use cases at the moment, but it's something I need for the next update, which is basically, I discussed it last week, but showcase CMS, like showcasing the CMS templates. So at the moment when you go, when you click on Fasoli, you go into the demo and then from the demo, you can select the site, but people don't know that I even have like blog functionality or knowledge base functionality, like they just skip past it. But hopefully with this new showcase, they'll be able to see, okay, well, I can build a blog, I can build a knowledge base and see all of these examples. I'm looking forward to seeing that, actually. Because, yeah. When I, well, I remember when I first checked you out, like the product, I was like, not entirely, like, what can it do? Like, yeah, I just don't update the landing page as much as I should. It's like, it's the, I keep adding features, right? So it's like, I add a feature and then I'm like, okay, one more feature and then I'll update it. And now it's been like a year. <laughs> I did refresh the design of it and made, um, moved it to, so it was on the old version of Bootstrap and now it's on Tailwind. So that was pretty simple. And yeah, it's, content's really difficult. <laughs> Just writing the content. I did spend a few days making sure all the features were in the CMS. So instead of just being static, so I could we could update them. Because that was like one of the blockers for us. But now, yeah, as you say, the other block is actually trying to think of what to say about stuff. Because it's like, we added encryption to the backups. Now... That could be it, or really, you need to write loads of lines about it. But. Yeah, but it's like, do I create a blog post about this, or do I create a like a, a separate page about encryption? Where do I add in, do I add encryption on every yeah. features page? Like this, uh, my MySQL like, encryption <laughs> encrypted backups or something like this. Yeah, yeah, and like, what more do you say about it? It's just like, like yeah. Whenever I build a feature, I get tired of the feature. I'm like, okay, on to the next one. It's like I, had a, I think in Amazon for to like actually build features, you had to build like the press release beforehand. Which kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like when you're most excited and you can write the most about it. But then, yeah, after you've built a feature and talked to people, it's like, okay, well, this feature's done now. Let me move on to the next one. Ah, cool. I've got a big feature this year I want to finish. So I might, oh, give that go. <laughs> Just don't click publish too early. Otherwise, you know, maybe that'll speed up development. <laughs> Get out. And then customers ask about it. Where's this feature? Where is it? Yeah, I can't find this feature on this page. Uh, yeah, sure. I signed up for this particular feature. Okay. <laughs> Cool. I see that you also got access to the Stripe beta. Yeah, so finally got access to it, I think, yeah. Any good? I haven't actually played around with it too much. They've added it into my settings, so now I can add the quantities. It's just I'm trying to figure out the architecture. Because at the moment, I have a very simple way of uh, basically how the sites are worked out, like the custom domains. So I have these like buckets, like $19 is one, uh, one price, three sites is one price, and then 10 sites is another one. So now I've got... A, 
pull this out and then have per site basis. And so it's like, okay. Okay. Are you going to be flat per site or do you do like volume? I'm going to do flat for now, but I might do discounts for people if people are doing more right. So if someone's got a hundred websites, like if someone says, yeah, I want a hundred websites, I'll say sure. Yeah. I guess from that point of view, it's not too bad to actually just add a discount code across that whole account and just have it sorted. If it's a big demand, like, but yeah, it's, it's, it's trying not to over-engineer it kind of thing. Because yeah, I could I could spend ages figuring out, okay, well, $12 for one site, and if you've got 10 sites, then it's $10 kind of thing. So. <laughs> That's how I, sol- I solved a lot of problems around that with using discount codes, like offline billing for certain people. It's just like, okay, well, you've got a Stripe account, it just has the billing turned off, or it's like set to zero. And then, yeah, like volume prices as well, and just basically <laughs> add a discount code. So that's what I've done uh, for people who wanted two websites. So they just say, I want two websites. So I just knock off like $15 off the $49 plan. That works. But it's like, okay. But I wonder how many people wanted to add a site and then just didn't because it's like, yeah, the upgrade process or whatever. People just don't want to talk to customer support. I added a feature a while ago where if you refer a friend and they do a backup, you get a free backup job. Yeah. And then you can have up to three. But that feature's biggest benefit has been actually doing metered billing for people. <laughs> so if someone contacts support and it's like, oh, I need a thousand backup jobs, I'm like, okay, well, we've got a like a per backup price here. It depends on like a few things. And then I just go in and I just give them like a thousand referral credits. <laughs> like there'll be some mess I have to tidy up later, trying to work out why why did I give that person so many? <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of random discount codes I've gave to people for certain things and I didn't write any notes down off. I I remember this. It's, it's only a one off and now I've got a bunch of these things in there. Yeah, that definitely I can't remember when it happened, but there was this phase where I was just like I no longer recognise people's emails when they email support, so or contact us or billing emails go out. I'm like, I d I don't recognise you. Yeah, at the start I recognised everyone, like I recognised people from customer support and stuff, but yeah, there's people who signed up like months ago. I only recognise the people now who are like very engaging in support. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> positively or negatively. <laughs> I see this uh, automated uh, static site building, what what's this about? Oh, I guess because I've, I've I've done more of the updates this week than um, last week because we were recording on a Wednesday this week because obviously it was too hot yesterday. But yeah, I guess there's not really much to say about that. I just built the CI system for the CMS so the writers can actually now update stuff and then press a button in the CMS and it just rebuilds the website and launches and deploys it and does all that for them. So I don't have to. We don't have to have like any real involvement before I built that, I was a bit worried in case they balls it up. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually created a new backup system for sanity, which is the CMS we use. And I'm just trying to work out how to promote that now. Cause I, I've talked to, there's a, there's a sanity IO Slack community and I've been like sharing off in there and trying to like work my way in with the, <laughs> the, the, the team there. Cause they said people have asked for backups for a while. So it's like, well, Look, <laughs> we've got completely offhand third-party backups to S3. Is there any like integration pages or blog posts you can write for them? They have quite a good community website, but it doesn't support like third parties, which has always been the problem for us. Like Digislation had a marketplace, but it was never for like third parties until recently. So we'll see. Um, ideally, we'd just get getting with them, getting with the support, because that's how like we actually started Digislation. Like. It got to the point where support staff recommend us and they still do to like big customers. So um, 
if <laughs> that's my goal anyway. So yeah, Sanity can recommend you. It's much easier. Yeah, if if like an enterprise customer emails Sanity support saying we really need backups, like for them to go, well, we have like this enterprise grades partner, or or at least we know of this person who can do backups in this way, then um, that'd be great. So obviously, I want the backlink and the, the Google rank and everything, but you know, settling for the uh, the Google uh, uh, the the referral is always the best. I had one more question about the static site building. So let's say um, an editor's updating an article and then someone else is editing something else and then it publishes. How do you stop like um, a half-updated article being published kind of thing? So it's already been published. They're making updates. Then you want to make another update to say a features page. But now you've got this half-written blog post kind of thing. So things are automatically saved in the CMS, but if they're not published, they don't go to the build. But if it is published, right? So this is not a like. So the way I'd recommend for for solely customers to do it would be like to duplicate the post and then write it or like edit the post and then when they're ready, just publish it. But so if they publish a post, right, and then they start editing the post, yeah. If you were to do a build, the edited version wouldn't go onto production until they republished it. Like you have to commit it. Oh, so it's like commits. Yeah, it's like commits. So. When you're editing, it starts automatically saving, but it's noticed, it's saved as like the previous published state um, until it gets done. So, um, yeah, there, I mean, there can be scenarios where you like cross-link stuff, and if you haven't published both, potentially it's going to build a link to something that doesn't exist. But that's why I have like AREFs <laughs> go for and do site audits for me. I mean, the, the crazy thing about that is now because it's a static website, you can do the crawl like really quickly. I just set the limit to all the crawling to like infinite... <laughs> <laughs> crawl as many pages as you like, as fast as you like. There's no performance penalty. You're not going to like denial the service attackers <laughs> like our old system. <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah, just WordPress was famous for that. Just like gets a bit of traffic and then just goes down. Yeah, exactly. Well, so why is the website slow at 4 p.m. every day? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's how that works. Obviously, I was a bit worried that potentially the editor uh, or whatever would delete something or whatever. So um, we do now have backups because that's always like the worry. I don't, do you offer backups to your customers like a, a way that they can take their data offline? Uh, so not what they can click, but that I have uh, gave a solution to a customer. So I have a lot of technical customers, right? And all of the data is actually stored in the, their cl- on the browser. So there's a way of running a script in the browser that will just download it all as a JSON file. All right, cool. You should make an API and then integrate. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a lot of customers, I would. But I think right now, a lot of the customers have small websites, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Once people ask for it, they'd be like, "Okay, here's a solution." Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that. It's like, so we've got backups, which is good because I can restore the backup. But it doesn't really protect me if sanity disappears. Yeah, like, as in, yes, I have all the data, which is great. But then, basically, I'm left in a situation where I'm going to build sanity myself. It's open source, right? I thought sanity is open source. You could host it yourself. Or is that another one I'm thinking of? It's not open source. It's like a weird mash. So the data is stored at Sanity. Yeah. But you, the the studio is open source and then there's an open API, but they store the data and do the CDN and all that stuff. So we have the CMS hosted ourselves because we build it in the way that has the schema for our particular assets, but the database is stored with them. So when the Sanic site generates, it calls back to them. When we publish, it publishes to them. So, so there's no way of self-hosting it. I guess there would be a way of hosting the database, maybe. 
I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> there are there are definitely ones where yeah they have managed cloud service and then they also have the uh, option to self-host. That might be a more enterprise offer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they do um, have a self-hosted one, so um, we'll see. I think uh, your last update for the week is about tidying up. Uh, yeah, I guess that was just wrapping up some loose ends with some projects and stuff and getting. There's quite a lot of um, quite a stuff got neglected in the last phase of building the static website and getting it published. So I've just been going through and tidying that up and getting myself ready with what we're going to be doing over the summer, mostly around content and um, getting my developer set up ready for just like the next phase of deployment. Okay. Yeah. It's just the boring stuff. <laughs> just, yeah. It's definitely no one really cares about, but needs to be done, unfortunately. Yeah. There's quite a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> like bookkeeping and all this accounts and Yeah not just the coding away so it's funny when people talk about like SAS it's like okay now I'm going to get rid of my boss and I'm going to be able to do whatever I want whenever I want no well now I realise I am the boss so somebody asked me to write them a reference and I'm just like what this is (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is something I never really imagined I'd be doing but yeah I guess that's kind of the role as that's your job now yeah yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) So I've been, I've been thinking about uh, adding Google login. Have you thought about that at all? Or? No, um, I haven't had any social logins. Like I saw on Twitter, some guy said you get six out of 10 people use the Google login or something. That's a crazy amount of people who just default to that. It got me thinking again about it. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I've always never been sure whether it increases signups. Like, is it actually a barrier to sign up, putting your email in and stuff? Then the other thing I've heard from people... And this is probably just me being lazy, really, than anything. But they're saying that people end up creating accounts because they can't remember which Google account they logged in with or whether it was Google or... I guess if you have Google, that's fine. But if you add, like, GitHub, then Google, then an email, and then people are like, which which one did I actually sign up with? And that's like, oh, okay, well, there already is not There's someone who signed up for an email with the same Gmail account. Like, what do we do now? And I just couldn't be bothered. At one stage, I was going to have DigitalOcean single sign-in, but... It might have improved now, but at the time, the single sign-on stuff for DigitalOcean was not amazing, so I didn't want to add it. Yeah, I've been lazy with it as well. It's been something I've been thinking about, but it's just like I kind of convinced myself that it, it won't move the needle. But uh, yeah, after seeing that, like some people's responses were like, yeah, I don't even use anything that doesn't have Google login on. I was like, this is probably a bit extreme, but seeing those, it's like, okay, there's probably a few people where maybe they would just like, okay, let me put my email in kind of thing. If I, yeah. For me, I regret every time I click the Google button and log in somewhere because I'm like, oh, this is just no. Yeah, with the password generator now, like uh, Google offers or whatever, like and all the password solutions, I just put my email in. And, but yeah, before it was like a, such a smooth, before this smooth experience of password generation, it was a bit harder. I think we're looking at adding single sign-on as well at some point for like organization. You'll have to if you get government right on the bigger orgs. Everyone wants a single sign-on. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, we'll see. I guess that was an update I had. So I've been applying to, uh, I applied to become a UK government supplier for digital goods. And um, one of the questions was like, out of these seven policies, do you have like a policy? Because the, the government is now trying to, the UK government at least, like needs to know about sustainability and um, diversity in hiring and all this stuff. And um I just put NA in the box <laughs> and click submit. Anyway, they emailed back recently saying, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you probably won't get through if you don't. So um, I ended up having to 
I'm a tiny startup. It's basically just me and freelancers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like there's two full time employees. Like it's you know, I'm sorry at the moment our diversity numbers are terrible. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent male, sorry. So I looked at the stuff and the one that was probably the most applicable was like the green, like um climate change one. So I had to quickly put together within the course of it's about less than twenty four hours, right? A policy on um how Snapshooter is going to be looking after its carbon footprint and what it's going to be doing in the future. Just put, I'm using AWS, and uh, if AWS gets better, I get better. Well, you, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pump it all off on them, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mentioned a few things about that and put some policies in place, like a, a, an employee solar panel policy. Because <laughs> 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 I just put, put solar panels up myself, so yeah. Anyway, I thought it was quite funny having to do this, like the hoops to get through to become... I think we'll all find out in October whether they decide that the company or two is not good enough. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully you get through, but it is crazy what an enterprising government will put you through just to um, contracts. Yeah, it's like they got to tick that box that like their suppliers are all like meeting some sort of like ethnic guidelines or I mean I don't know what's how to phrase it, but you know, yeah, sustainability guidelines and stuff. Yeah, some government values and stuff. So. Yeah, they have the Paris thing, right? The Paris Accordance or something like that. They've got to follow and stuff. So I just think it's funny that someone's going to be looking through my application and it will become very obvious that we're like a tiny, <laughs> tiny company compared to some of these other like backup solutions and stuff. But yeah, we'll see. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I think that's it from me. Cool. All right. Well, in that case, it's probably a good place to leave it. See everyone. See ya. See you guys. Bye bye.